Good morning, friends. Welcome back. End of one year, 2020, a tough, tough, tough year and beginning of a new one. Happy yeah. New Year, Lou. Happy New Year. And we're all looking forward to turning the page on this one a little bit. <laughs> yes, yes. So we're also turning the page as far as our chapters in the Bhagavad Gita. Basically, you remember we finished at the end of chapter 9. Mm -hmm. And we are skipping chapter 10 and 11 for now. We'll come back to it later. We're jumping straight to 12. There's a number of reasons for that, which I won't go into right now. But we're going to do chapter 12. And chapter 12 is called Bhakti Yoga. Bhakti means devotion. In a way, it's not a 100% correct, accurate translation. But simplistically, it's called the Yoga of Devotion. Now, we're going to talk a lot about what devotion means because that's basically a misconception that we all have or a lot of us have because we think that going to a temple, going to a church, wearing saffron-colored clothes, fasting for days on end, uh, saying uh, a rosary again and again makes a person very devoted. While in his mind, he may be thinking of thoughts that are totally opposite of what a devoted person is. And so this chapter is a, an expose, an education on what devotion really is. It's an eye-opener. You'll see when we come to the last third of this chapter, there's 35 qualities of what a devoted person is really. And it's really a, a, a very inspiring for us to focus on those 35 qualities, even some of them to become a better person in life. But as an introduction, this is a short chapter, only 20 verses, and is divided into three portions. And I will talk about that a little bit. Um, the Gita itself is given in 18 chapters. I think we've mentioned this before, that it's 700 verses. Mm. And the Gita is really a um, condensation or a, a, an explanation of certain key parts of the Upanishads. The Upanishads were much, much older than the Gita. And the Gita, Bhagavad Gita, when it was written, or actually it wasn't written, it was orally tr uh, transmitted by sage uh, Vyasa. Vyasa, when he did it, he was frustrated because society, he thought, had become too modern. You know, <laughs> we're talking 5,000 years ago, yeah. 5,000 years ago. He <laughs> said, you guys these have become... Kids are crazy. <laughs> yeah. He said, these kids are crazy. Look at the kind of music they listen to. Look yeah. at what they're doing. And he said, to get society back to the way it was when the Upanishads were there, he said, if I tell people to read the Upanishads, not, uh, read, meaning study the Upanishads, yeah. they'll never do it. So I've got to simplify this. So in essence, and here's the key, my friends, here's the key. In essence, there's something known as a Maha Vakya. Maha means great or um, very, very massive or big or profound. And vakya means sentence or a statement or a declaration. Mahavakya means as a profound declaration. Like Mahatma means Mahatma. Mahatma Gandhi means it's a Mahatma, a profound Atman. And Mahavakya, in the Upanishads, there are a few Mahavakyas, profound declarations. And all of them are basically saying the same thing, which is, you are that. You are that. You, meaning you as a person, mm -hmm. are, and then that, meaning Brahman. So essentially it says, the Upanishads say, you are Brahman, yourself. 
Very fascinating if you break it down. So in Sanskrit, it says aham brahmasmi. Aham means I. Aham brahma is Brahman. Asmi is am. I, Brahman, am. And tat tvam asi. That thou art. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am atma, pragnanyam, brahma. Um, so all of these are different versions of the same. But in the 18 chapters of the Gita, the first refers to aham, me. The second six chapters, second one third, refers to Brahman. And this is the last chapter of that second uh, uh, third. Twelfth chapter is the last. One to six, seven to twelve, thirteen to eighteen. And so this is the last chapter that's talking about Brahman. And the next three, a third or next six chapters talk about the fact that both I and Brahman are the same. So that thou art. From the seventh chapter onwards, the Lord Bhagwan reveals himself. Have you we've talked about that? Para, you remember Paraprakriti yes. and Aparaprakriti, matter and, uh, and uh, spirit get together becoming one. Uh, seventh chapter, he says, surrender to me. Bhagwan says, surrender to me. Mm-hmm. Ninth chapter is the path of bhakti or devotion again. And he's saying in that, by devoting to me, surrendering to me, um, you will reach um, the, your goal of self-realization. And what the Lord says is that I am everything. I'm the mountain, I'm the stone, I'm the water, I'm my own, I'm your own self, your own uh, person. And the 12th chapter that we're talking about today is about bhakti or devotion. And the last one third of this chapter talks about the 35 qualities of a devotee of of God or a uh, devotee himself. Mm -hmm. And the 18th chapter is on renunciation or tyaga. So we've talked at length about doing, if you're a body-oriented person, everything is your looks, your physique, your body, you want to do more karma yoga. You want to actually do things for other people with your body. If you're a mind-oriented person, all emotions, then you do um, a devotion. You do prayer and stuff like that. If you're more intellectual, then you do knowledge, you do jnana yoga. And the last one is for the fourth, which is meditation, which we will come to. So in this chapter 12, there are three topics that Vyasa breaks it down to. The first topic is whether when Arjuna asks, which we'll talk about uh, in the next episode in uh, uh, verse one of chapter 12, Arjuna says, should I pray to God with a form, like, you know, we all, every religion has a form. Right. So uh, the Christianity, there's a cross or there's a, um, a symbol of Jesus on the cross and people go to it and pray. The Hindus pray to like Ganesh or Lakshmi or some go to a temple or a church or whatever. So right. that's worship with a form. Or should I do, Arjuna says, a formless worship, meaning just close my eyes, imagine the formless God that there is. There's no form. God doesn't have any form. Right. Or, or should I pray that way? So that whole verse one is a discussion of form versus formless worship. The second topic that Vyasa talks about in chapter 12 is progressive ways in which you can reach God. So if you to reach self-realization, which is what God is, 
if you cannot do the highest, then you come down one step and then you can do that. If you can't do that, you come down one step. So that's a very practical explanation of because people like me get frustrated. There's no way you think I'm going to get to self-realization. And what he sure. says, if you can't do that, then you do the one lower. Can't do that, come go lower. Keep coming down uh, a, a, at a lower level. And the last topic, uh, verses 13 to 20, is the 35 qualities of a bhakta. And it's fascinating because just to be a normal human being, a good person, you can be a devotee of God. And we'll talk about why that is so. So in the progressive ways to reach God, verses 6 to 12 in this chapter, you, in order to become the highest level is to become self-realized. And to get there, you need to be able to concentrate, put aside all your desires, and you meditate, and then you become self-realized. How many of us can actually get there? Probably very few, if any. Right. So he says, go down one rung. If you're less evolved than that, then Vyasa says, Krishna says, learn to purify yourself. This is important. Learn to purify yourself, your mind, your body, your um, uh, way of thinking through how? How? Through constant practice of spiritual disciplines. Constant. That's what he talks about. This, what does it do? It helps to withdraw the mind from the world and concentrate instead on the meditation by doing this constant practice of spiritual disciplines. You say, that's too tough for me. I can't do it. Okay. Mm -hmm. Then he goes one step lower. If you can't practice spiritual disciplines, then surrender all of everything you do, your actions, surrender it all. I'm doing it for God, the Lord, for Brahman. Surrender. Everything you're doing, you're saying, I'm doing it for some for the higher purpose, not for me. Right. Perform actions for his sake, not merely to satisfy your own vasanas. You should have no desire to become popular or to become famous or to become rich or people say good things about you. You're saying, I'm doing this for a higher purpose. I don't want my name anywhere. I don't want people to know who I am. I don't want people to give me praise or money or anything. I'm just doing it because I ought to do it. That, he says, is going to be getting you to a higher rung. Then he says, if you can't even do that, then just keep the goal, just the goal that you want to be more evolved, the goal of self-realization, uppermost in your mind, whatever you're doing. Just keep that in mind that ultimately I want to do this because I want to get there. But right now I'm just doing it because, because as we learned earlier, where your thoughts go, you will follow. Yes. Yeah. Where your thoughts go, you will follow. He says, you still have your vasanas. You still have your desires because you're way down on the ladder and you can even satisfy those vasanas. You can even satisfy those desires, but just renounce one thing, which is the anxiety for the fruit of the action. If you can just do that to say, I'm doing it, I get pleasure out of it, I get some fame out of it, I get some money, even that, he says, you're satisfying your vasanas or your desires, but renounce the desire for the fruit. Don't say, I want money, I want fame, I want, if it comes, you get it, you're pleased with it, because you're at one of the lower levels. Right. So what are the four facets of spiritual practices? Any spiritual practices, we said, had to do with either karma yoga or bhakti yoga or jnana yoga. Either do work with your hands, your body, or with your devotion or with your knowledge. But the spiritual practice must be backed 
you can't do these prayers or rituals or anything unless you have knowledge of what we're talking about right now. A seeker must practice a discipline with full knowledge of why he's, why he's doing it. Many of us do rituals without knowing the purpose or the uh, symbolism behind it. Right. What does it mean? Why do it? What is its significance? That helps a lot. This will, why? We because the ritual means, does the job for us. We think the ritual is the actual job. That's but, right. So yeah. many people, they're doing the ritual and they're just thinking about something else. Mm -hmm. and, and that doesn't help. You're right. The ritual itself doesn't do it. You've got to think about why you're doing it. Mm -hmm. Why? Because it leads to concentration. When you're just doing a ritual blindly, your mind is wandering. If you're doing your ritual with that knowledge of why you're doing it, it leads to a concentration. Then you can meditate and always meditate without any anxiety for the result of your meditation. It's like going to sleep. You know, you, if you say, I have to go to sleep, I have to go to sleep, I'm forcing myself yeah. to go to sleep, it doesn't work. You have to basically let yourself go and then sleep automatically comes. You can't force that sleep to come. So that, my friends, is... Before we let go here, I think people are going to be curious why we skipped um, chapters 10 and 11. Yeah, and that's you a, don't have to get into that in too much detail, but people are going to have that question. Yeah, I, it's true. And a lot of uh, chapter, a lot of books or revelations on uh, the Gita essentially skip 10 and 11 completely. We are not going to do that. We're going to get back to it. But I thought also that a lot of people uh, would find that the chapter 12 with its uh, verses uh, from 13 to 20 with how to become a better devotee will actually spur them on. I'm concerned that uh, you know, we people should not start saying, well, there's nothing in it for me, because if it's too high flown, people right. then start to lose interest in the Gita. And this is, I'm hoping, when we get to chapter verse 13 to verse 20 of this chapter, uh, it will spark even greater interest. And then you go back to 10 and 11, uh, once your, your interest is peaked. Right, excellent. So we'll see you next time. We'll be talking about verse one and two in the next episode. So thank you very much for joining us. I hope you, by the way, you like this new um, colors and, and logo and uh, choice. Lou, what do you think? I like it a lot. That's why I adapted it into the program. We've, we've got someone working on our uh, social media. So this is a great look and hopefully, you know, just change things up for the new year. We need changes, right? Yeah. Uh, Georgina is her name who's yep. uh, working on this. And I thank Georgina. We have a lot of volunteers. We have uh, Paul. Uh, we have Georgina, we have Mary, we have yeah. Katharina, we have Lou, we have a lot of volunteers. I'm sorry if I've forgotten anybody, but uh, thank you very, very much for your good karma in this. Thanks.